Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17 and meet me at verse 11. Luke 17 verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with the loud voice, glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? In verse 19, and he said to them, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. As my old pastor used to say in the Baptist church I grew up in, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Hallelujah. I'm a blessed man. You know what? I am a blessed man. I have the honor of pastoring the best church in North Carolina. My goodness. I'm a blessed man. Yes. You guys are awesome and amazing, and it is my honor to pastor you. I'm also a blessed man because I have an amazing wife, and I have a, yes, yes, thank you, amazing wife, and I have amazing children, amen, yes, I do, and, um, and the Lord is with me. You're blessed because the Lord is with you, amen, and he's with you, and the blessing has manifested in my life, and I'm a blessed man. I'm not ashamed to say that I am a blessed man, and so are you. You're a blessed man and woman. You're blessed, and the Lord is with you, and I have the privilege with my four children, Ziana, Grace, you guys know Zai. I mean, she's a, she's a very mature teenager. She's an overachiever, and uh, she set the bar really high for the rest of the kids in <laughs> receiving a full academic scholarship to the school. Amen. Of her choice. She'd been wanting to go to that school for about a year and a half, and they offered her a full academic scholarship. And praise God, the blessing is working in her life as well. And, you know, my son, Zavin, he's 10 years old, and uh, he's ultra-talented, gifted. The guy plays the drums. He plays the keys. He can play bass. He's a leader in school. And I'll tell you what, I'm very proud of my kids. And Zarek J., who's six years old, this guy is a protector. I mean, he is a defender. If you mess with anybody in our family, you're going to have to mess with Zarek J., too, okay? (laughs) He is going to protect and defend our family. And if you see some of the Facebook posts and stuff, he is a mathematician as well. He is doing algebra at six years old. And so we're trying to nurture that gift that God has given him. And you know my two-year-old Zage. I'm blessed to have Zage. She is the manager of the home. (laughs) She takes care of things. She runs things. She makes sure everybody is acting right. Matter of fact, just uh, the other day, uh, she's sitting by Zarek J., and uh, we asked Zarek to do something. Zarek, can you go do this? And Zarek said, no, and she hit him. And she, she hit him, and she said, I popped. 
I said, what? What did you happen? She said, I popped. I said, no, 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 no. I, I do the popping. Not, you don't. She said, no, I popped. I said, no, no, we, we pop, right? But I'm laughing the whole time, right? Trying not for her not to see it, but I'm laughing. Finally, Zarek gets up and does what we asked him to do. You know, eventually he did. And uh, Zage says, good job, Zarek. Good job. So she makes sure that everybody's on their P's and Q's. And uh, I'm, I'm just a, a blessed man. And so the other day, a couple of weeks ago, um, one of my kids came to me and uh, they said, hey, daddy, come look at the TV. Check out, the, something's going on with the TV. Take a look at the TV. So I go upstairs and I look. And if you don't mind, put the first photo on the screen there for us, Jeannie. This is the TV, okay? Uh, that's how it looks when I go. I'm like, what's going on with the TV, guys? Uh, we don't know. No one knows. E even the manager's age, she doesn't know <laughs> what, what happened to the TV. No one knows. It's just, you know, it just turned on. Now, if you see the little red circle there, I circled, there's a blow, okay? Right there on the TV. So nobody knows what happened, but somebody, somebody cocked back and hit it, okay? But nobody knows what's going on. I said, okay. And so I said, okay, guys, that TV, you know, it's, it's unavailable. It's not going to work. And, and so we sat on it a, a couple of weeks, and um, um, they've been asking for TV. You know, we want a TV. I said, well, you, you know, you had a TV. Look at it. We don't know what happened to it, okay? I know you don't. And so just yesterday, you can take that off the screen. Yesterday, I replaced their TV with this TV. Put this on the screen here. This is the TV, okay? Okay, I, I replaced it, okay? And, um, and so I said, kids, I replaced the TV. Oh, you did. Go on, go. We want to see it. Go look at it. You know, run up there. They, it, it, what do you think they said when they came back down the stairs? What did they say? Uh, it, it's so small. Daddy, why is the TV so small? And, and Zared says, did you pay $50 for it? I mean, uh, what, 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 why are y'all concerned about the size of it? It's just small. It's tiny. And I got to thinking about that response. There's a lot of, lot of areas, a lot of teaching moments here. One, some parents in here might say, I wouldn't have got them nothing they did that. Well, first of all, that shows your grace and mercy. You got to have some grace and mercy, praise God. People make mistakes. And if you said, I wouldn't have got them nothing, you probably aren't a parent. You understand how blessing your kids is good. But, you know, I went ahead and replaced the TV, you know, and they said that that is just entirely too small. And what about the other TV? I mean, that's small. And then it hit me. Well, actually, Stacy turned to them and said, um, you have a TV. See, see, sometimes we fail to realize that we have what we're believing for. We have what we've been asking for. And uh, she said, you have a TV. When I was growing up, we didn't have a TV. My parents had a TV and, that, and a TV in the living room. And my, I think towards the end, my parents had a TV in their room. And, I, and none of those TVs were my TVs. I couldn't watch any of them. I just had to watch what they was watching. Can I watch, you know, Scooby-Doo? Nope, because we watching Matlock or whatever the case may be. <laughs> you know, can, can I watch the game? Nope, we were watching you know, Dallas. <laughs> and so Stacy's like, you have a TV. Well, it's little, but you have a TV. And many times in our lives, we are ungrateful and, and unthankful. I didn't have to do anything about that TV that they blow, put a blow into it. I didn't do nothing. And Stacy's like, you know, let me tell you what your dad did. He took the TV out of his office 
which he watches, by the way, which I watch sermons and stuff and that sort of thing with my TV there. And he took it out of his office and replaced it so that you guys could have something. He sacrificed so that you could have something to watch immediately. My kid says, Daddy, thank you. Thank you. We have a TV. They ended up watching it last night. And, um, you know, we, we, have a, we have a TV. Thank you for doing that. And I'm reminded in the passage that we just read, there are 10 men. These men have leprosy. And uh, these men are, are, are contagious. Matter of fact, leprosy was believed to be a punishment from God, a disease that God was punishing you with. Uh, leprosy was very contagious. And, uh, and, and if you had leprosy, it was messing with your nervous system and your extremities. I mean, leprosy, literally, you lose your ability to feel pain. And so if you have leprosy, you can hit your hand on something. And because your nervous system is weak and because you're weak, you can literally hit your hand. If I hit my hand on this table, you may not feel the blow, but I might lose my middle finger when I hit my hand. That's how weak you are. And to look down, I'm like, I don't even have my middle finger anymore. People with leprosies were missing ears and their noses were distorted. Matter of fact, I thought about bringing pictures of lepers and putting on here, but then I had to turn the service into an R-rated movie and I didn't want to do that. I mean, they look despicable. Leprosy is still around today, by the way. It was believed to be very contagious. And these 10 men, 10 is the number of responsibility and divine order. 10 is also the number of testing. Ten is the number of testing. And if you look throughout Scripture, you have the Ten Commandments. You know, ten, Daniel was tested for ten days. The disciples had to wait for ten days before the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I can go on and on and on about the number ten and its testing. Matter of fact, tithe is a tenth and tithing is a test. It really is. Do you trust God? Do you honor God with a tenth of your income? And so these 10 men, they have leprosy and they are shouting to Jesus. They're social distancing. They can't be around folks. They're contagious and they're shouting, Jesus, have mercy on us. Have compassion on us. Be moved to do something for us. And Jesus's response is interesting he, he pauses. I, I, I picture him pausing, saying, go show yourself to the priest. Now, this is interesting because we're used to seeing Jesus say, come. All throughout Scripture, we see Jesus talking about, come, come unto me, come, come. When Peter uh, wanted to walk on the water to Jesus, when Jesus was walking on the water, Peter's in the boat, and uh, he wanted to walk to Jesus. Jesus used the word, come, come. We see Jesus say, come a lot, but this time he says, go, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, this is ironic because if you had leprosy, you weren't supposed to go anywhere. You were supposed to keep your distance, stay away from folks, and people with leprosy hung together because the lepers kind of hung together. You couldn't be around anyone who was clean from leprosy. And if you read the Levitical law, Leviticus 14, I give you, you know, take some time to read it. Leviticus 14, there are procedures in place for someone that has leprosy. If you have leprosy and you feel like you don't have it anymore, you were supposed to call the priest and the priest will come to you. 
you weren't supposed to go to the priest. And so Jesus tells them, go show yourselves to the priest. This is a test of obedience. Are you going to obey? Because their standard wrote out, hey, don't go. You better stay and make a call. And when the priests feel like it, they'll come. But Jesus told them to go. So immediately in their test of obedience, they started walking towards the priest. And as they went, they were healed. Say this after me. As they went, they were healed. Put it in the comments, put it in the chat room. As they went, they were healed. So as they fulfilled the statement of obedience, they had to obey what Jesus said. As they went, they're obeying him, they were healed. Many times we're looking for something spectacular, something instantaneous to happen. But most of the time our healing, our deliverance, our prosperity is going to take place as we go. As we walk, as we obey God, that's how the, the prosperity is going to take place. Matter of fact, I know we like the words instantly and, and suddenly, and these are Bible words, and, and it happened right now. I get it. But most of the time, your manifestation of what you believe in God for is going to take place step by step and a little bit at a time. Your growth is going to take place a little at a time. Uh, my boy Zaven is growing like crazy. I mean, his shoes are already too small. I mean, he's growing. And uh, he didn't wake up one day and, and, his, and his shoes were too small. No, every day there was a process. His feet got bigger, 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 and bigger. And he got taller, 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 taller. It's a process. Now, I didn't see his feet stretching out. We always want to see something. But we, I'm experiencing his feet stretching out. And, and our progress, our, our, our process is going to be incremental. As they went, they were clean or they were cleansed or they were healed as they went. And one of the 10, one of the 10 recognizes and notices that, wait a minute, I'm clean. I no longer have leprosy. I'm healed. And he noticed it. So it, this this is remarkable to me because he was healed before he even realized it. Uh, this is amazing to me because there are things that I've been believing God for. And I look back and those things have happened before I even realized they've happened. I've been so distracted. I've been so preoccupied with other things, preoccupied with other things that I have been uh, just not focused on. I'm believing God for this. And it actually happened. I remember my back was in a lot of pain Many, it was a couple years ago, I mean, it was really in a lot of pain and it was hard for me to stand up here. I was just holding on to the pulpit. I would get home and have to stretch. And I mean, I was hurting like crazy. And then I went to the chiropractor and did the natural practical things that you should do to help your body. And then one day I hopped up and my back was feeling great. I didn't even realize my back was feeling great until a couple of days later, Stacey said, how's your back? Oh, my back is healed. I was cleansed as I went. I was healed as I went, and I didn't realize it. So one of the ten realized, I'm clean. I'm healed. The other nine said, probably said, oh, yeah, we know we are too. One of them said, I want to go back, and I want to return, and I want to say thank you. Now, this word thank you is such a lost art 
in our society. I mean, it really is. Uh, businesses uh, have literally communications broken down. Businesses have gone under. I believe, yes, there's other variables at play, but I believe because sometimes leadership is unthankful for what God has provided them, and they don't say thank you. Uh, I believe relationships can be a lot better if both couples learn how to look at each other and say thank you. But too often we're, our expectations are so high and you're supposed to do that for me and I deserve that. See, it's hard to be thankful when you feel like you deserve something. And you're supposed to uh, do that. And, and you know, my, my wife, oh, what a wonderful woman. She makes my plate every day. I tell her thank you every day. And if I ever get to the place I'm supposed to do it, she's going to stop doing it. If I feel like you're supposed to do that, she's going to stop doing it. But when you have an attitude of gratitude... You say thank you, that means you are showing, saying, expressing, and demonstrating your appreciation for what's being done for you. And this man, he's, he didn't say, I deserve to be healed. I obey God, and that's why I should get healed. No, this man said, I need to return and say thank you. Let me ask you this question. How do you feel when you sacrifice your time, your money, your efforts, and no, and they, no one responds with appreciation for it? I mean, I mean, how does that make you feel? Well, you know, you don't realize what I've done for you. And your response is simply, this is what I'm, this is what you're supposed to do for me. How, how does that make you feel? It's like when you let someone in, you're driving in a car and it's a lot of traffic and you let someone in and they don't wave back at you when you let them in or they don't, you know, tap the brakes a couple of times and let you know they notice it. You're kind of like, you know what? I, I shouldn't let you in. Come on, be real with me now. You ain't too holy. I shouldn't have let you in. You're not, you're unthankful for that. When, when you sacrifice and you're not doing it for the thank you, but it's good to acknowledge the appreciation. It's good to acknowledge the gratitude that has taken place. And far too often, far too often, we are lacking these, these two words, thank you. Just say thank you right now. Say thank you. thank you. Come on, put it in the comments. Put it in the chat room. Say thank you right in there. Thank you. Say it again. Say thank you. Thank you. The, these words are, are lacking. One particular time I was, I was at a, a ministry and I was at a set up and tear down. Uh, it was a set up and tear down situation at this ministry. And I was asked to speak and the pastor wasn't there that day. And these guys were working hard setting and tear down. And our church started setting up and tearing down. And thank God them days are gone forever. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Never to return, Nate. Never to. Well, the Lord, maybe we might start another church, another campus, might have to start somewhere, whatever the case may be. But hallelujah. I'm glad we're in our, in our facility. But I, I went up to each guy that I could that was sitting tearing down. They were sweating and, and getting. I said, man, I thank you for the, thank you for what you're doing. Man, I just want to say thank you. Great job. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Man, that's a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A couple of guys came back to me and said, that's the first time that anybody has ever told us thank you. I thought, oh, my gosh, now, I don't want to show up the pastor. By no means am I trying to do that. But I thought, man, how how distracted sometimes we get where we just kind of expect, you know, that to just take place without the reasonable response of thank you. Matter of fact, you should be such in the habit of saying thank you that when the automatic doors open up, to go into Walmart, you should just walk on in and say, thank you. 
Thank you. Praise God. A king is coming through. Hallelujah. And the doors. I mean, just get such in the habit of just saying thank you. We've we we've taught our kids, you know, what do you say when someone does something for you? You don't you, you, you say thank you. You don't say uh, that feels good. No, you say thank you. And this man returned to say thank you. And he, in verse 16, it says he fell down on his face. He was so grateful, so thankful. And he and he uh, he gave thanks. And then it says, and he was a Samaritan. I could talk a whole sermon about this, but basically he was undeserving of this generosity from the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't earn it, couldn't work for it, didn't deserve it, wasn't of the lineage of Jesus. But he said, thank you. I believe in Luke chapter 5, I believe, let's turn that real quick, Luke chapter 5, meet me at verse 12. I believe in Luke chapter 5, verse 12, this is possible that these 10 men could have experienced this right here. And it happened, look at verse 12, when he, in a certain city, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Look at verse 13. Then he, Jesus, put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, the leprosy left him. Now, it's possible these 10 men heard this story. Let me tell you what happened in this story. Initially, this man has leprosy. And this particular man goes to Jesus and he says to Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you're willing. And Jesus Touched him. Now, leprosy was supposed to be contagious. I mean, they're supposed to have been social distancing and not touching anybody. But Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. And he did. Notice what he said. He didn't say, I am able, be clean. He said, I am willing, be clean. I would rather serve a God who was, uh, who was un able to heal me, yet willing, than to serve a God who was unwilling to heal me, yet able. Let me say it again. I would rather serve a God who was unable to heal me, yet willing, than unwilling to heal me, yet able. And this question should be answered once and for all. Is it God's will to heal? The, the man came and said, if you are willing, be Healed. You could heal me. Jesus said, I am willing once and for all. This is God's will to heal. I am willing. I love how this man was also a nameless man. So you can't say that, well, he was only talking to Peter, James and John. No, he's talking to a nameless man. And this passage is found in three of the four Gospels. This particular passage, three times we see the willingness of the Lord to heal. And I believe these 10 lepers heard this story. They said he was willing to heal that man. He's going to be willing to hear us too, heal us too. If he cleansed that man, he will cleanse us too. Matter of fact, that's how we're supposed to read scripture. If God did it for Peter, 
he can do it for me. If God did it for Ken and Jan, he can do it for me. If God did it for Adrian, he can do it for me. That's how we're supposed to read scripture. That's how we're supposed to see testimonies. And so this man healed these 10 lepers. I believe they heard this story and said, man, Jesus healed that man. He can heal us too. Well, the one leper returns. He's a Samaritan. He's undeserving. He returns to Jesus. And he falls on his face and he gives him glory. In verse 17, Jesus answers them and said, were there not 10 who were cleansed? Were there not 10? Where are the nine? Where are the nine? This is interesting to me that Jesus recognized, noticed, and identified nine of the 10 did not say thank you. This is amazing to me that Jesus recognizes how unthankful you are to the point that he mentioned it. He mentioned, were there not 10? I know there was 10 men yelling, have mercy. I sent them, I sent them out to, I sent y'all to go get healed. On your way, you got healed. And only one of you come back? Now, you remember 10 is the number of testing. And what's one divided by 10? It's 10 again. 90% of folks is ungrateful, unthankful, and unappreciative. Only 10% respond with Thanksgiving. Another testing number. He said, where are the nine? Man, when I read this, it impacts me. I don't want to be one of the nine that are unthankful for what the Lord has done for me. I don't want to be the one of the ones that Jesus calls out and says, where you at? I've, I've been consistent with you. I've been faithful with you. I've been taking care of you. I've been hanging with you. I've been leading God on you. And you can't form your lips to express, show, or demonstrate thanksgiving? You can't. Uh, well, let me say it this way. There's no such thing as silent thanksgiving. And you need to know that. No such thing as silent thanksgiving. And um, you also need to know that uh, thanks, thankfulness is a choice. And you're either thankful or you're unthankful. And you're thankful when you're expressing, showing, and demonstrating Thanksgiving. And these nine did not do that at all. But this one man did. Look at verse 18. He says, and were there not any found who returned to give glory to God? Somebody say, give glory. glory. All right, say it again. Say it louder. Say, give glory. I read this passage many years ago. And I stopped at this phrase, give glory. It just, that term, give glory, just hopped out the, off the pages for me. Give glory. I was not any return to give glory. I said, something is in this passage of give glory. Earlier, he mentioned giving thanks. Now he mentions giving glory. And I thought, what's, there's something here. So I went back and read Leviticus chapter 13, 14. If you read there, there was a standard, there was a plan in place that if you were cleansed of leprosy, then, then the, the priest would pronounce you clean. And then when you returned to camp, you had to come back and give glory. Well, what is the give glory? It's an offering. It's an offering. They had to come back with an offering to give glory. I know in Haggai chapter 2, the Lord is talking here, and he says, 
the silver is mine and the gold is mine. And then he says, the glory of this house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And then he goes back and talking about the house, the temple that they were building. I thought it was interesting. He mentions the silver and the gold, and then he mentions the glory. Very interesting. And then in 1 Chronicles 16, put it on the screen there, 1 Chronicles 16, verse 29, it says, Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. How do you do that? Bring an offering. And I thought, this is interesting. Okay, we have giving thanks and we have giving glory. Matter of fact, Jeannie, if you don't mind, pull up Luke chapter 17 and verse 18 in the Passion Translation. Luke chapter 17, verse 18 in the Passion Translation. And so we see giving glory is bringing an offering. Giving thanks is bringing, showing, saying, and demonstrating appreciation. This leper who's now cleansed came back to give glory. And look, it says, Jesus is saying here in verse 18 of Luke 17, they all refused to return to give thanks and give glory to God, except you, a foreigner from Samaria. I thought that was interesting. To give thanks and give glory. And so we're talking about there are two different occurrences taking place here. I'm giving thanks, and now I'm giving glory. I believe this leper came back to give glory to God. Now, I've been thinking about this. 2020, 2021, very tumultuous year. You guys know the adjectives. Uh, unprecedented year. In this year, in these, you know, year, year and a half, two years, more people have committed suicide. More, pe more domestic violence is, is up. Kids are behind in school. People have quit church. People have quit God. People are frustrated, upset. Family members, due to elections, I know family members that literally don't talk to each other anymore due to who they voted for in the elections. Literally, grandma is cut off because she voted for Trump or whatever the case may be. All this disarray is taking place, but you are still here. I mean, think about this for a moment. You're still here. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, that is a place to say amen. amen. You're still here. A lot has attacked you and bombarded you. But you're still here. You're still, those of you worshiping from home, you're still a part of what's going on here. You're still here in your right mind. You're still here healthy. You're still here stronger than ever. People have quit. I read a stat yesterday, 50% of people, less than 50% of people, it's the first time they said ever, in 2020, less than 50% of the people believe that having a relationship with God is important. Less than 50% of people believe that. Now, that's the first time ever that's ever happened. People are falling away more and more because guess what? A relationship that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. Let me say it again. A relationship that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. See, it's been interesting to me because we went through all of what we've gone through, and it's been a test. I've been tested. 
<laughs> my, you know, my wife's been, our family's been tested. You've been tested. And it's amazing to me to see you still here, to see people still committed, to see people still giving and supporting the work of God. A relationship that hasn't been tested, and we've been tested, can't be trusted. But there's also people that have fallen away. They, they're not a part of this anymore. I don't know if they're a part of any church anymore. They might have their reasons. So be it, whatever the case may be, but they're not, they're not with us anymore. You know, trouble came and they're no longer with us. That, that happens. That's actually the purpose of trouble, to separate. But you're still here. You should say, I'm still here. I'm still here. This is so important to understand that you could be dead. You could be broke. Uh, you, could, you could be diseased in, in your body sitting on a deathbed somewhere. You, you could be someone that says, I don't trust God anymore, and, and I don't need God anymore. And let me, let me let you know, you are really only three weeks away from not reading your Bible getting to that point. It's going to let you know that. Your daily time in the Word of God is sustaining you. You're about three weeks away from grabbing somebody by the neck and choking them out. Of not reading the Bible. I'm just that. I mean, I can tell how much time you're spending with the Lord by how quickly you are to react to anger and that sort of thing. You're not that far away. So don't think, well, I'm so good. I'm so goody two shoe. And, and me and God, we all like to stop reading your Bible for three weeks and see what happens. No, I actually don't do that because then I'm like, <laughs> goodness, they won't let me come to the hospital and visit you in these conditions. <laughs> no, the word is sustaining you. And so don't think you're so high and mighty. It's the word sustaining you. But you're still here. And, and I love in verse 19, Jesus said to the man, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Somebody say, my faith. My faith. Your confidence, your ability to continue, your ability to trust God and act on what the word of God says. Your ability to say circumstances will change. Testing and trials will change. Uh, my, all this stuff I'm going through, it's got an expiration date. It will change. My faith in God, my strong confidence in him will make me whole. And in this particular passage, this, I believe this man, you could be healed of leprosy and have missing fingers. You could be healed of leprosy and not, and not have an ear. But this man was made well or made whole I believe when he came back, gave thanks, and returned with an offering, I believe the ear grew back on his, on his head. I believe the fingers grew back on his hand. I believe the, the money he lost being leprosy was somehow uh, already in operation to, to recover and recoup what was lost because he was made whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken, and all he had to do was return and give thanks. Hallelujah. There is more for the thankful. Say this out to me. There is more for the thankful. Put it in the comments. Put it in the chat room. There is more for the thankful. And I believe this man received everything back, recovered everything lost because he returned to say thank you. The other nine, praise God, by his grace, they were healed. They no longer had leprosy, but the one returned to say thank you. In preparation, you know we have our thank offering coming up in two weeks. Resurrection Sunday is coming up, and our thank offering is before us. And that is an opportunity 
in the thank offering to return and give glory to God. It's an opportunity to say, this is my best gift. And God, we didn't do it in 2020. We're doing it this year in 2021. God, you've sustained me through 2020 and you're sustaining me through 2021. And I'm going to return with my best gift to say thank you. This is not about accumulation of funds as much as about expressing appreciation, expressing gratitude, expressing, saying thank you with an offering, a large offering that means something to you. Because if it means something to you, it means something to God. I'm going to return and I'm going to give thanks. And I want you guys to release your faith. Get ready Prepare yourself now on that day. Don't give it today. Don't, don't, don't do it. I want you to give it on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Get ready to prepare yourself to be made whole as soon as you deposit this offering. I'm going to be made whole, spirit, soul, and body, because I am saying thank you to, to, to the Lord for what he's done for me. And we've said it before. I'm, I, want, I want to stretch you. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine and uh, just last night and uh, we were texting. I said, we're in preparation of our thank offering. And um, he said to me, he said, praise God. Did you do it in 2020? I said, no, we didn't do it in 2020. He said, he said, the Lord, I just heard the Lord. He said, he said, um, this is going to bring great glory to the Lord. This, this offering is going to bring him great glory. And I wrote back, I said, well, I'm excited to participate in it. I want to be a part of the great glory that God's going to get in our heart's response to say thank you. Come on, somebody say thank you. Thank you. Matter of fact, I want you to just be in the habit. Get yourself in the habit. Tell, tell your spouse thank you. Tell, tell your coworker thank you. Matter of fact, tell your boss. <laughs> you, want to, you want to freak somebody out? Tell your boss thank you. Thank you, boss. <laughs> they be like, what in the world's going on here? It's the attitude of gratitude. It's, it's the opportunity to show, demonstrate, and express appreciation. We've, we've gotten to the point where uh, we send out, I mean, we send out thank you cards, you know? We just, it's just trying to get in the habit of just saying thank you. God, we don't, we can't earn it. We don't deserve it. Thank you. Amen. And, and I can tell you guys through the years, I believe, I believe there's a correlation between a heart of thanksgiving that you'll, you'll see, you'll see the fruit of that manifest in your life later on down the road. I, I was thinking about this even where our church is concerned. And I'll wrap up with this. But even where, where our church is concerned, I was telling Stacy this. I said, one of the things that the Lord has been gracious, so gracious to us, is we have the know-how in order to, to, to get things done. I mean, we have, listen, this ministry has YouTube, Facebook, podcasts, websites. I mean, we have the know. This is because of the know-how. I don't know how. <laughs> I know people that know how, and they're ready to say, whatever you need us to do, I'm here. Help me do it. I believe it has a lot to do with, it, with an attitude of gratitude. What if I say, well, hey, I'm Devon, and that's what you're supposed to do, okay? 
I'm preaching and you're supposed to get my word out on that website. What if I acted like that? They'd be like, no, I ain't supposed to do nothing for you. Amen. No, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I know God has called it, but I appreciate that you are serving the Lord by serving me. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for your giving. I'm thankful for your support. When you have this attitude of gratitude, there's more in store for you. And God can then begin to trust you with more. Because your heart is thankful. Teach your kids to have an attitude of gratitude. Teach them to say thank you. Teach them to have uh, thanksgiving overflowing in their heart because literally, you, you listen to me, you can't be depressed and thankful simultaneously. Let me say it again. I can't be woe is me. I'm so, so hurt, broken down. And those feelings do try to come on me too. But it flips when I start expressing thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then finding people in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for uh, acknowledging this. Thank you for for uh, supporting this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That depression would have to leave when you are expressing Thanksgiving. Well, somebody pushed back on this one time and said, well, I, well I've dealt with depression for 25 years and this is what God's called me to do. You, can't, you have no scripture for that whatsoever. He's called me to be depressed. No, he hasn't. God's not called you to be depressed. Your circumstances is causing you to be depressed. What you're thinking about causing you to be depressed, and it might be a clinical issue, but you, by your words can change the dynamic of your body. Your words have the ability to change what's happening on the inside of you. Just like, I mean, Scripture says in James chapter 3, just like a rudder can change a large boat and turn it with every way it wishes, he compares your tongue to that rudder. You can change the course and direction of your life by the words you speak. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.